This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. I really think just having more young women, not in just astronomy and physics, but in science as a whole, is so valuable because we bring really like a new set of perspectives and also just a bunch of new brain power and new ideas to the field. That is Christine Yee. And though she's only 17, she's already making contributions to science. A student of astrophysics, Christine is the winner of the 2022 Regeneron Science Talent Search, the nation's oldest and most prestigious science and math competition for high school seniors. I'm Milan Revere, and this is Seneca's 100 Women to Hear. We are bringing you 100 of the world's most inspiring and history-making women you need to hear. Christine Yee, who lives in Washington State, took home a $250,000 first prize in the Regeneron Science Competition. Her winning project uses gravitational waves to learn about the universe's most extreme objects, neutron stars and black holes. And that's not her only honor. A scientific study she co-authored will be the subject of an upcoming meeting of the American Physical Society in New York. Amazingly, she also finds time to dance classical ballet, play the piano, and bake. Listen and learn why Christine Yee is one of Seneca's 100 Women to Hear. I'm speaking today with Christine Yee, an aspiring astrophysicist. She just won first place in the Regeneron Science Talent Search. Welcome, Christine. We're so eager to speak with you. Hi. It's nice to meet you. Congratulations on this prestigious prize that you won. Can you tell us in your own words about your project and what you were trying to accomplish 
that managed to get the first prize and there was a lot of competition. Yeah. Um, so in my project, I was studying some of the universe's most extreme objects, um, which are black holes and neutron stars. Um, so just for some background, black holes are these objects that have gravity so strong that not even light can escape them, hence the name black holes. And neutron stars are almost a black hole, but not quite. They are the ultra-dense collapsed cores of dead stars. And so these objects with their extreme gravity are actually detectable through what we call gravitational waves. Now, Albert Einstein came up with his theory of relativity, and as part of that theory, he told us that objects with really strong gravity, when they make specific motions, such as a black hole and a neutron star colliding with one another, they'll produce these ripples in the fabric of space itself called gravitational waves. And we can study those waves with instruments like LIGO, which is the Laser Interferometer Gravitational Wave Observatory. We can detect those waves and we can learn about the objects like the black holes and neutron stars that produce them. So in my project, I looked at, looked at these gravitational signals and I tried to learn what we can learn about the universe's physics and astrophysics from studying black holes and neutron stars and their collisions. Christine, what's the bigger picture here as you've just described uh, what your project was about? Why is this information important for the rest of us? Yeah, so what I did in my project was I was exploring the field of gravitational wave astronomy. And that basically means we're trying to learn about the universe like black holes and neutron stars and galaxies and stars and whatever else you can think of when you think of astronomy uh, using gravitational waves. And gravitational waves are interesting because they're actually an entire separate source of information. They're what we call a new messenger. And so we humans have been looking at the universe with light for thousands of years. And of course, our eyes are very well adapted to see light. Um, but, you know, that only offers so much information. And so when we look at the universe through gravitational waves, uh, we can learn entirely new things that we wouldn't be able to see using just light. So it's like we have a totally new perspective or window on the universe. Um, the analogy I like to give for the importance of using gravitational waves and, you know, really developing the field of gravitational wave astronomy um, is imagine we've been looking at a silent movie of the universe. And so um, think like 1920s silent movies, and then someone switched on the sound. And so gravitational waves are almost like an additional sense for us humans to understand what's going on out in the universe. So a lot more knowledge uh, as a result. Yeah. Now, you've been working in this area since you were a freshman in high school. Are you a senior now? Yeah, I'm a senior now. Well, let's go back a little bit. What was your childhood like? Were you always interested in science? Yeah, um, that's a really great question because I actually wasn't always interested in science. Um, so when I was in like elementary school, I wouldn't say I had really any preference towards any subject. Maybe I was into math, um, but I really started becoming interested in science uh, during middle school. And I was competing in this competition called Science Olympiad, which is still around today. Um, people can definitely like look it up, but it's a competition where you learn things about a specific science field. And so I actually got into science by studying earth science. I was studying, you know, ocean currents and how reefs form and how, you know, the plates of the earth are always moving. And eventually that sort of evolved into an interest in astronomy. But, you know, I think back to when I was very, very young, like in elementary school, and actually this interest in astronomy didn't develop until much later than that. So fascinating that uh, you came to it a little late in your growing up. So there's always possibilities, right? Mm hmm. We've heard in the past about women scientists who've made great breakthroughs, should have won the Nobel Prize, perhaps like Jocelyn Burnell, who discovered pulsars in 1943. Have you ever encountered any roadblocks in your 
young life because you were a girl? And if you have, how did you overcome them? Yeah, um, I would say I haven't encountered as many roadblocks being a girl, I guess, as I have just being younger. But I guess both of those kind of go together where you just feel like taken less seriously in the field. And so both as a woman and like a, like a woman of color. And so I was very much a minority in many of the rooms I was in. And also being very young, like not, I'm still not an adult yet. And of course, I was still in high school when I was doing all this work. Um, I did feel very nervous when I was, you know, presenting to conferences and being around, you know, professors who are like 30 years older than me. Um, but one of the things how, that has really helped me a lot is that a lot of the mentors I've had in my life, um, my mentor for this project was Maya Fishbach. And of course, she is also a young woman and um, Joey Key at the University of Washington and Vicky Caligira at Northwestern University. Um, they are both amazing female role models in the field of astronomy. And I've really looked to them for support and comfort and strength um, as I navigate through my work. Seneca's 100 Women to Hear will be back after this short break. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Well, of the three top science search winners, you being at the top this year, two were female. And young women have been first place winners in recent years as well. What do you think that says about science today? And why is it important to have a woman's perspective in science? I really hope this is a sign of science as a whole being more 
inclusive to women. I remember when I was, I think, a freshman, I was looking at the 2018, 2019 winner of the Science Talent Search, Anna Humphreys, who was also, you know, a woman of color doing astronomy. And she was studying planets, um, like planets around other stars. And so I was so inspired by her. And, you know, I really thought like, oh, if she can do it, then maybe I have a shot. And that's, you know, really inspired me up until this point. Um, and also becoming the winner of the Science Talent Search. But I really think um, just having more young women in not in just astronomy and physics, but in science as a whole is so valuable because we bring really like a new set of perspectives and also just a bunch of new brain power and new ideas to the field. And so, um, I mean, I've always been inspired by the female role models that are shaking up the field, like Jocelyn Burnell, as you mentioned. And I really think um, it's time we make science more inclusive so we can get, you know, as many creative and new ideas as possible. Amen to that. Now, I happen to know uh, that you're also a ballet dancer. You play the piano and violin. You bake as a hobby. How do you find the time for all of this besides being a top scientist? How do you organize your time? What's your secret? For me, I think one of the big like secrets I have is I just really, really enjoy doing those things. I really enjoy my music and my dancing and my baking. So it's almost a way for me to unwind. And so I'll kind of look at my day and you know, between working on my research or, you know, doing my homework or whatever, working on things for school, um, I'll find time to do the things that kind of help me relax and unwind and reset mentally. And that actually, um, those like moments of creativity, not only kind of give me a mental reset and help me work better when I go back to working on my research, but they also, I think, enhance my creativity. And of course, I've said this a lot, but I think creativity is really essential to being a good scientist. Um, a lot of, you know, you're always trying to come up with new ideas and new ways to approach a problem. And so I think actually having this creative outlet was really valuable to me in, you know, working on my project and developing new ideas that helps make it so interesting and new. Very good perspective. So you've now won this top, top prize. Where are you going to college? I guess I'm not totally sure yet. I'm definitely planning on studying physics in college. Um, currently, my top choice is Stanford in California. Um, so I was accepted there early and I'll be visiting there, I guess, late next month as part of their admit weekend. But um, I would really love to go somewhere with a strong physics program, which Stanford has, and to be able to explore fields of physics kind of outside of um, just astronomy and gravitational waves, although that's where my heart lies currently. I just think it would be really good for me to get this kind of like broad, well-rounded education that I think Stanford offers. And is there a long-term plan uh, that you have in mind? Is there some great contribution you think about now making to science? Or is that all too far off? I'm definitely planning on studying physics in college, like I said. And um, in my current view of the future, I'd like to go to grad school for physics or astrophysics and work on research there and eventually pursue you know, a longer-term career in research. Um, in terms of great contributions, I guess I'd just like to be you know, a really great researcher to do kind of innovative work, um, come up with new and interesting ideas, and also um, give back to my students. And so the role of a researcher, I believe, is not only to do that kind of work, but also to mentor the next generation of researchers, uh, to do public outreach and volunteering and things like that, and to really help, um, you know, change the direction of the field and make it more inclusive. I'm also interested in doing like public policy, science policy, and public service stuff. Um, I'm hoping to get involved in that, not just like later in my career, but also even starting when I enter college. But yeah, there's just like this whole universe of ways to explore science um, in a way that both advances the field and also helps the world as a whole. 
and the sky is indeed the limit here. Given your perspective as an astrophysicist, let me ask you, as we are coming to the conclusion of our conversation together here, what makes you optimistic about the future? You just uh, talked about the enormous possibilities that lie before you. What gives you hope? It's so wonderful to hear. I believe what gives me the most hope is just um, like the next generation, the joy I find in what, whenever I interact with them. And so as part of my work with LIGO and with the gravitational wave field, I've done a lot of this public outreach where I'd be, you know, visiting elementary schools and middle schools and talking about my work and talking about gravitational waves and the world as revealed by Albert Einstein um, and this like theory of relativity. And I'm just so inspired by their endless curiosity and fascination with this universe. So they're always, you know, I think black holes are some of the most interesting topics, but I'm always refreshed to see that, you know, all these little kids, like eight or nine-year-olds, are just totally enthralled by hearing, you know, what happens if you fall into a black hole? What happens when this black <laughs> hole collides with another black hole? And so that um, youthful and curious energy really gives me hope that, you know, the future is bright for everyone. And I think you're probably helping to uh, inspire uh, a large number of uh, scientists in the future. Well, thank you so much, Christine. You're wise beyond your years, and it was a pleasure speaking with you. And we will keep the name Christine Yi in our mind's eye as you continue on this path. Congrats again. Thank you so much, and it was nice speaking to you. I know the future is in good hands with young women like Christine Yi. Here are three things I took from that conversation. First, Christine's research shows what happens when women are included in science. The result is fresh, new ways of thinking. As she puts it, new brain power, new ideas. Second, Christine reminds us of the importance of role models for young women. And that's why women scientists have a responsibility to mentor, to talk to the public and to volunteer so they can change the field and make it more inclusive. Finally, Christine gives us a wonderful insight into the creative process. She says that her leisure activities, dancing, music, and baking, actually enhance her scientific research. Her hobbies not only give her a break, but allow her to work better and more creatively when she goes back to her research. Tune in next week to hear about our next featured woman and discover why she's one of Seneca's 100 Women to Hear. Seneca's 100 Women to Hear is a collaboration between the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio with support from founding partner P&G. Have a great day. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. 
because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.